Okay, real talk. Al dente real talk. YTV's Dark Knight 5. I'm Review Cultist, and with me tonight are some very special guests. Yeah, I'm Matt. Uh, coming at you. Westside. I'm Travis. I am more Westside, and that was real. <laughs> awesome. Alright, so we're back for Dark Knight 5 um, of Al dente real talk. Um, and we are going back. If you haven't listened to our previous one, please do so. <laughs> please. You will understand uh, something. So you'll understand what we're doing. So you'll understand what we're doing for this October. Um, for this rock. Basically, we're. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That was the previous session. This one is for this completely real October. Oh, yes. This completely. Yeah, this real October guys. or a yeah. rocktober. Yeah. Oh. Um. God. Um, but yeah, basically we're going through uh, the classic YTV Dark Knight uh, Halloween specials. Um, and we're going to do with this one, Dark Knight 5. Uh, which is a totally not scripted, real event that happened where they were, where the PJs were planning on doing this like special thing where they're going to go investigate uh, some strange sightings in a town, in a small town called Tweed, Ontario. Totally fictional. Totally real. I mean, sorry. <laughs> totally real. <laughs> Um, and um, your cave fave is fading. <laughs> I like yeah. also that on the on the uh, the videos for this. There's a comment on like every single one of them. It's like, is this real or are they acting? <laughs> um, oh yeah, man! So, and yeah, so they go to this town called Tweed, Ontario. The 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 uh, the program jockeys of YTV uh, or PJs as they're called. Um, while there are a bunch of them in. Uh, at the studio, like with all the, the broadcasting tech and stuff. Um, and they'll, they're giving the, like showing the, sh they're showing the, the different like special Halloween TV shows while between them, they are uh, updating us on this completely real event that's going on in Tweed, uh, with their people on the scene, uh, including, uh, PJ Phil from the previous Dark Knight, uh, uh, so yeah, so the PJ, PJ Phil, PJ Phil, PJ Paul, better. completely, completely fine. Yeah, no, yeah. It turns out they? the uh, the Dark Knighters thing was just like a it was a one time phase. It was it, it was, was a really good phase. it was a really good party, really yeah. good. Yeah, it was just a really good party. Um, but now they're like they're for reals, guys. Like they're they're it's their character, it's them like at the studio doing their stuff and uh, getting us uh, getting the news out. Um, and then they encounter while they're in this town, uh, they and getting interviews with some of the people who sighted the uh, the lights in the sky. Uh, they catch um, footage of a triangular pyramid-like UFO flies overhead uh, toward a uh, a park. I do and... like in this that they say like we found we found a UFO, and that doesn't mean flying saucer. Literally, we're just talking about an unidentified flying object. Yeah, yeah. they treat this very um... like. They they treat this very well and don't try and like oversell it, which I think one of the, the one of the key points I can say about this is like f they do very well make it feel real, except for certain periods where it's just like. Oh. Well, they also do well to make it feel real, except like oh man, our our camera crew like went underground and we can't get in contact with them anymore, and we think they might be injured. Anyway, here's goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they they um, uh, they go to investigate where the um, the lights were, and there's a bunch of um, like t blocked off tape. Yeah, there's believe, police tape and uh, some some not FBI because this is Canada, um, but uh, some some yeah, what's agents. the Canadian Nazis? FBI? Well, they 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 actually do show that what they are. They're from the DND. Uh, <laughs> from the Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> or Dark Knight District or Dark oh Knight my Division God. <laughs> is what I'm assuming it is. <laughs> um, but they're telling that they can't be here. The, and they've got like other people in like those um, like heat resistant suits, um, like investigating the uh, the 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 park. Yeah, they're uh, so they're they looking for to, like, debris or something. 
No, yeah. the DND is the Department of National Defense in Canada. Oh, is it? Aww. Okay, fuck. I think they actually uh, say surprised. Department of National Defense at some point. Actually, now that you oh, you know, that. yeah, they probably do. Okay, fair enough. The the Mounties are going to come find you one bottle of uh, maple uh, syrup at a time. Maple what? syrup. Maple syrup at a time. <laughs> nice. Uh, um. So yeah, You're going to break into of... your log cabin and take all your beaver furs. What? <laughs> yes. So <laughs> They're going to steal our Budweiser. Damn it. I think we can keep that, actually. Um, but they... Uh, yeah, so they get stopped by these uh, by this organization and the cops and uh, the authorities figures. Um, and they... Have to contact their super their supervisors or like to see if they can keep going. They can keep airing, <laughs> and they they get the go ahead, and they go investigate the like the lake or pond in the park where they find um the 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 spaceship or the UFO has crash landed. I like also they cut back to the studio at some point. It's like yeah, one of our guys has been checking out the net and they found this. Yeah. They they found this site that's that's like yeah. I've been spending I've been I've been spending ten minutes getting this gif to load. Yeah, I have, I have a note on 90s. this. I have oh god, old nineties Internet Explorer. It uh, burns. Apparently, yeah. apparently the YTV did not have like uh, cable internet or whatever was at the time. They didn't have a T1 yeah. line to download all their yeah. high quality, no. to download all their high quality nine second quick time videos. Yeah. That is totally not, uh, just like a CGI thing. Ma- I also like they go to this website and it's the most 90s website. <laughs> like there's a, there's an animated, yeah. there's an animated GIF of an alien with like, with like little, like reflections going over its eyes over and over again, and I feel like if they scrolled down far enough, it'd be like side my guest book. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just so like geo. What is it? Uh, geo city site. Uh, geo city. Yeah, yeah. geo city and angel, angel fire. fire. Yeah. I don't know any of those other sites. Yeah, the most. I I almost like I I was watching it earlier today, and I was like, oh, I wonder if you can actually read the uh, the domain name and find that. See if that is still somewhere. It's out probably the- not active anymore. Twenty years later. Yeah, it might also just be something they made. They came up with. So, like, they might have just had it built for the. Yeah, like that. Um, what was it? That episode of Fairy Fairly Odd Parents where they go to the website fairies are real dot wand. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, but sometime between finding the the UFO in the water and. Then between like episodes, they they their crew is going underground, like we said earlier, uh, into a site note that with like some military signs and, or some like facility signs saying Area Two, and Phil is like, you know, like Area Fifty One. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what goes? And I guess one of the other uh, things was like yeah. the the way that this was cut together. They keep getting special broadcast or whatever, so it seems like this wasn't. Like, was this also as a as an eye catch or like a lead in and out to the commercials? Because a lot of the oh, clips yeah. that we got from this that are in this playlist, like, are seemingly interrupting shows. Yeah. Um, no, these were uh, actually these were the segments were between episodes, if I recall correctly. OK, yeah, because I wasn't sure like if it was promos or if it was actually like a show that was happening at the time. Because, yeah, they also yeah. all of them end with like sponsored by Kmart. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I do also think I remember um, a uh, uh, there was a, a commercial for Kmart where it was like a monster family. Like, oh, yeah, that's a, getting d- ready for Halloween. Dark Knight Five yeah. brought to you by Kmart. Find wicked deals for all your Halloween needs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's some kind of like, yeah, there's definitely a heavy Kmart commercials for like Halloween and stuff around this point, too. But um, yeah, so they're down in the uh, I, I can't quite recall what happens at the after they go down and find area two um is it they i know they've come got, across they, a creature or something yeah or? they they find they yes. find a they find a creature yeah. behind like a barricade and this we don't get a lot of we don't we have to speculate a lot because it's they're underground so they either lose sound or the video's blurred or something like that like they give us just enough to kind of kind of be able to piece together a story 
Yeah, and the uh, I remember the people at the, on the in the studio are freaking out because they've lost signal and like, oh god, what's going on? Where's our pe-? like, where's our people? Um. Anyway, here's then, Hey Arnold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it comes to, <laughs> and then it goes to like they they uh, they they made it out or something like that, like because the uh, those authority figures like were there too. Um, yeah. And yeah, they're eventually yeah. fished out, and everybody's okay. Yep. Nobody and knows think, what happened. And then, yeah, yeah and, and then, then I, the next one, it's like, hi, it was all a big trick, but we bet we fooled you. Yeah, exactly. They reveal that, oh, it was, yeah, it was all just a ploy. It was just a skit. Here's, no, here's, no the, here's the CGI we did for the UFO. Look at how yeah. amazing it is. And maybe in the 90s, that was more convincing than it was now. I mean, yeah, I mean, that this was like the era of, of honestly, it looked like re, like a reboot uh, sequence. <laughs> like the show reboot like from the 90s yeah yeah horrible remake yeah i remember that um, show pretty well um isn't there like a like a an end part where like the the monster is like out there somewhere or something like that or is that just i don't remember that i don't think so i wonder if that's something i, I don't like, remember I, like, that thought as up well. in my head from that I think um, I think remembering it that that's what they're supposed to leave you with is that hook of the, the it might still be out there, which then explains why they go like yo this was fake, yo sorry yeah. this was fake don't no. don't don't be spooky about it, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and this was yeah so that's basically where they leave off um, for the actual sequence. Um, there's also this like promo bit uh, with a a dwarf man. Uh, and a kid on a, on a yeah, wheel. and I thought and, like, this his, was a, his master. I, I thought this was a promo Sorry. for an episode of Goosebumps or something, but apparently it was like a contest. Yeah, they they the um you don't see it in the we, you don't really see it in the video files from the uh, the previous one, uh, Dark Knight Four, um, but Dark Knight Four, Dark Knight Five, Dark Knight Six, I think even the early ones they had uh, um, not just these bumper skits, they also had bumper like uh like trivia game like trivia contests. Um, like, if you can guess the, 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 the answer of the question that's relevant to the episode you're watching for the show, you'll get some great craft dinner prizes or some great Kmart prizes. <laughs> um, or whatever we're sponsoring us at the time, prizes. Um, oh yeah, you call I, it I, craft dinner up there, don't you? Um, I think it's the Dark Knight 4 one, and it's just like, cause I, I have that one on VHS. Um, so I actually, I could watch that one. Oh yeah, I just uh, remembered they don't call it craft macaroni and cheese, it's just called craft dinner, right? Yeah, because craft. Yeah, because it's like craft is a uh, is craft a brand up for Canada or is it American? Uh, it's in America it, still. It's an okay. it's an America brand. I just remember that's one yeah. of the things I had to I I had a friend that in Canada that ate a lot of craft mac and cheese and always called it craft dinner and I never heard it called yeah. that because in the states they yeah, call no. it craft macaroni and cheese. Yeah, yeah, no craft. Um, uh, Basically, I think also Kraft calls it processed cheese food in Canada instead of just Kraft singles. That's because yeah. it's not America. They can't they can't lie in Canada like they do here no, in America. No, yeah, no, we have them as Kraft singles too. Okay, um, but yeah, no, uh, they actually like, had to call it the. Did they actually call it American cheese? Uh, I don't think we actually call it. I think we we call it American cheese, like uh, just kind of. Like as a nomenclature for it, but we—I don't think it's actually—I don't think they actually put that as the label. Yeah, just craft singles. Uh, I'll have to check yeah. that now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just craft singles. Or it's like it's, it's like Velveeta. It's not cheese. It's craft. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, this one was like Kmart and some of that. Uh, and again, they had different sponsors for each. Uh, right, right, makes maybe sense. I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking about Dark Knight Six had uh, the craft one, but anyway, not really. Too influential. Yeah, it was a uh, like a pro, uh, the um, the the dwarf and the it was weird a, it was monster. It's a hmm? contest, right? Sorry? Yeah, it was a, a promo for the for Dark Knight, but also like more or less the contest itself mm. that was going on at the time too, um, which I thought was kind of odd um, because, like, again, Dark Knight Five is done up like a kind of found footagey like interview of like aliens and UFOs and stuff. And then their promo thing, which is still for Dark Knight Five, was for like was more like a dungeon and like kind of a like creepy D and D thing. The the master guy, like there's actually a full commercial out there of like the full like like collected of like like the full narrative there. Um, he also looked like another guy that had like, like shoes on his knees. Like, no, it was actually like his. Uh, he was like 
on he had basically um it was like this giant like jawed like like jawed monster creature uh i think his like legs were tied up like kind of like a, a silent hill monster oh okay and he had like he had like oh uh, like uh, crutches as like his um his walking like his on his arms for walking and stuff like that Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but again, it was done up very much like a kind of a like a medieval like horror thing, and it's contrasted to the the whole UFO and alien thing that they were doing. Yeah, it seems weird they do those kinds of promotions because they seem to conflict with each other. Yeah. Although I guess like um, with this one, like it could be anything because the 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 story here is that like oh yeah we we're gonna do some interviews with people. We're gonna do this like man on the man on the street kind of interview thing, and like, oh man, aliens. Yeah, exactly. Drop everything. Go yeah. talk to the aliens. Yeah, go find the aliens. Also, fun fact: uh, they keep calling like it's like, oh, this this town Tweed. Uh, you probably it's a small town. You probably never heard of it. Um, and it was supposed to be a fictional town, but there is totally a Tweed, Ontario, um, like just west of Ottawa. Um, so I found that kind of interesting. Like when I was doing uh, like some stuff for like research for this uh, a couple a little while ago, I was like, "Oh, there is actually a tweet Ontario." You should go up there see if they've had any aliens. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Just to go ask people on the street about the lights in the sky. Yeah, I think they actually have a lake right next to them too. So it's then ask them about their lake monster because if it's a lake yep. in Canada, there's a monster in it. That is true. That's yep. what I've been told from my <laughs> spooky, spooky videos. Yeah, it's the thing I learned about nice. America is they were the only country with monster-free lakes. <laughs> no, I don't think so, Sh- actually. What about, Lake- what about Lake Champlain? Is that not Isn't American? that Canadian? No, I think that's American. I think it's shared. I... That's why you don't go into Lake Michigan, because <laughs> we got the Canadian lake monster in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's well, the no thirty. It's like any the thirty seventh parallel. Lakes. It's uh, like the thirty seventh parallel monster theory, lake monster theory, or something like that. No. Oh wow! Oh uh, yeah, Lake Champlain is in Vermont and borders onto Montre- into onto Quebec. Huh? Okay. Yeah, there you uh, go. It's not. It's not just a sense. Canadian monster. It's a French Canadian monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> so it's real snooty. <laughs> Ugh. Only think, those uh, with the best appetites can see me. He wants to also, go back I to think France. A, <laughs> yeah, I guess we only have. I don't know. Is there any like Lake like Lake Michigan monsters? Because I know there's a Lake Erie monster, Bessie. But oh, right. uh, I don't uh, know about Lake Michigan monsters. I you think I I I feel like I'd know about them if there were any like big myths. Yeah, there's probably uh, definitely us, at least one story about it. <laughs> let's see. Wisconsin has the. Bozho um, in Wisconsin, uh, 1860 and on. We've got New York. I know we've got a lot of we've got a lot of ghost stories from ships that sunk. Um, that makes sense. I wish I can. One second, I just pulled up the reported lake monsters Wikipedia page. Uh, Canada has a lot. U.S. Yeah. and Canada, Lake Champlain. You're right. Um, no. Cultists, and then the U.S. has. Uh, let's see. Wisconsin, two in New York, one in Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, another one in New York, Minnesota, another one in New York, Arkansas, California, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Montana, Jersey, another New York, Vermont, Ohio. Idaho, How many lakes Utah, are there in New York? The Great Salt Lake uh, has one as well. Let's see what they say about New York. Lake uh, Seneca Lake, uh, Cayuga Lake. Alston Lake, Lake Ontario, yeah, um, and which is Hudson River. It's hard to tell. Is the Hudson River a lake? Ontario. That's what they uh, say about reported lake monster. Yeah, I think it's Kipsy. It, huh. I thought it was long. Isn't there? Yeah, like a long lake or something like that in New York. That's like the Hudson River goes into. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm not really up on my American history. I'm sorry, or geography. I don't know. I just remember that line <laughs> from the from that Death Cab for Cutie song. If I could open, what is it? If I could remove the Isle of Manhattan, I'd make a lake of the East River in Hudson. Hmm. Um, I don't know. We are kind of going a little too off the. <laughs> we're we're kind of strafing away from the uh, 
Anyway, yeah, Dark Knight. Yeah, Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, I guess it's kind of... We're strafing a little bit away. I mean, it does technically feed into the uh, reported ooky spookies that we're witnessing. Yeah, we were checking out websites of spooky stuff. Yeah, yeah, I guess we could talk more about, like, the theoretical possibilities of the filmmaking of Dark Knight 5. Yeah, Um, and it's kind of impact on... uh, uh, well, impact on, on future Dark Knight installments, which there was only, like, one other one and then, like, a weird, uh, like, pseudo one after that, but it, it isn't counted. Um, cause this one, they, they did the, like we said, like, they did the, the Blair Witch kind of, uh, or, like, uh, uh, was it? Found Orson footage. Oh, World, H, yeah, War of the Worlds. Wells, uh, War of the Worlds radio drama, uh, kind of situation where, like, oh, it's real, and then until it's, until they, like, play it off as it's not, or they say, like, they, they, they confirm that it isn't at the end and stuff like that. But they were, uh, the, the, I, I, the interview from, uh, Retro Ontario, uh, the time, that time when Halloween was a dark night, um, kind of goes into that. It was during that time when, like, they, the, uh, studio had to question if they were too scary or they were making too scary of, like, content. Um, and they kind of backed off after this year and went to a little bit more weird, like, horror than, like, more realistic horror. Or, like, treating it more like like serious. Sure. Because um, there was also, uh, like, uh, apparently Phil uh, Guerrero, the PJ Phil, uh, recalls, uh, there was a lot of controversy back then. If it wasn't kids gambling with pogs, the horror stuff was too much for them. Or Power Rangers were making kids beat each other up in the schoolyards. Every time we did a Dark Knight, we wondered if it was too scary. Yeah, it's kind of that era where people thought people really wanted to control what kids were watching. Yeah, like that's uh, you got to remember, like in the Simpsons, like in the nineties, like the Simpsons got flagged because Bart talked back to his parents. Yeah, yeah, and add to that, like, there's a history of found footage projects before the Blair Witch, like, throwing up yeah. a lot of red flags and, like, causing borderline mass hysteria because people can't, you know, or, or aren't well. Used also, to that I think in the in, incursion in the favor of Blair Witch, like, they also did a lot of marketing to like to try and play it up as a real event. Like, yeah, it was that was time of the internet where they could really kind of spread that rumor and get people to think about it. Yeah. And the, yeah, yeah like I think Blair Witch is... Documents. The, yeah, the documents, the fact these people are missing for forever. I think they even did a thing where they wouldn't appear for a little while to give the representation of their dead. Um, yeah. But it, there, there are uh, historical examples of, like, that type of found footage thing, like, going wrong. I mean, we Matt was talking about what was the BBC one in 1992? Uh, Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch. Like, that's the one where they, they were going to find poltergeist activity, and then people freaked out, even though it was fake. Or yeah, you can even... Staged. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, yeah, it was all staged. Like, it wasn't it wasn't real, guys. <laughs> yeah, or even, um, like, it's it's schlock. It's really schlocky exploitation, but, like, Cannibal Holocaust did that as well back in the 80s with, like, here's oh, yeah. some found footage of these people getting eaten alive, and we're going to we're going to exploit them by make them not appear for a year. And like, everyone thought they were dead. Like that, that film itself has a lot of other issues, but there is found footage is this interesting one that we're a little bit, we, uh, uh, as we get farther away to it and the more we're used to paranormal activity, 87 and like the (laughs) conjuring 42, like we, we get a little bit desensitized to the fact that it is, it, it's pretty graphic and pretty, Intense well, I think, for when it first came out. I think also like with the advent of like YouTube and like people being able to do their own own video content, and then we got the rise and uh, rise and plateau of uh, slender vlogs and um, also oh, maybe not even like plateau, but like because they're still kind of they're going they're still going, but like it's also like creepy vlogs and stuff like that where it's people trying to make um, a like fictionalized paranormal account but like treat it as if it's actually happening to the characters via like vlog entries and first-hand accounts with the like with the shaky cam and whatnot right like the found footage yeah it's i mean it's it's the first it's the first thing that uh that a horror that like an amateur horror filmmaker will go to because it's 
the one that takes the least resources to do. Yeah, like Blair Witch costs like a couple thousand dollars. Oh no, a couple. Yeah, uh, like yeah, Blair Witch was Blair Witch cost like fifty thousand dollars to make and like yeah. and brought in a hundred ten million dollars. Like, yeah, exactly, and most yeah. of that script is them waking up the, in the morning with a note going, "Hey, act like this." Yeah, they got general ideas of like where they were supposed to go, and it was all ad libbed, and yeah, it was the yeah, birth like of the... a different kind of thing, and. Uh, before it was really kind of, before it really got played out and kind of, like, uh, homogenized. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, even then, like, yeah. there's still some aspects of the Dark Knight 5 that I super enjoy, like, um, <laughs> we've got the Blair Witch of, like, the found footage, but there's also, if anybody's seen, what, uh, the strange events of Pontypool? What is Pontypool? Oh, Pontypool, Pontypool? changes everything. Yes, Pontypool nice. changes everything. The actual book, or even Pontypool, the film. Like, there's even aspects of that slightly with the uh, film crew that we get that I really enjoyed of, like, we are stuck in this place trying to help, and there's really yeah. nothing we can do except for trying to get the word out and keep people calm and to try and figure out the situation. Um, yeah, exactly. I super enjoyed that aspect of it, because that's the that, that kind of trapped inside, or stuck on location... And trying to be of assistance is really interesting to me. It's kind of like your favorite game, Matt. Lifeline. (laughs) 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 Rio. Rio, shoot. Shoot the body. Rio, please shoot the body. Rio, run. Run. I can't do that. Reload. I can't do that. Reload. Is this perhaps being I a, can't on do your, that. Uh, anyway, let's yeah. play somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> perhaps we should explain what Lifeline is really fast. No, we shouldn't. I actually don't. <laughs> <laughs> I did a speed run of it with all the cutscenes. Oh. Go, go to my YouTube channel, look it up. <laughs> I'll give you the, uh, the link. Yeah, is, this, is that the Drunk of the Ugly YouTube channel? Yeah. yeah. Alright, cool. I did. I did. Yeah, it. I think I called it a cutscene percent speed run, or all cutscenes speed run. <laughs> yeah, that game oh, is yeah. amazing and terrible. We've we talked about it before on Ugly Talks for this again for this very reason. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of like like with the previous Dark Knight Four. There's a lot of interesting germs that you can take out of this thing that even when you separate out, provide some interesting aspects that you can think of, like Blair Witch, since that's the the, the closest XP we can kind of compared to is all about oh let's watch the found footage camera and freak out but this is actually like part of the drama is watching the the pjs and the people inside the studio try to figure out what's going on and keep everybody calm and that, yeah that's what know. makes it realer is yeah. the is the the everybody freaking out until until again like oh my god i don't know if they're alive anyway here's anyway uh here's goosebumps yeah <laughs> Yeah, they they yeah. they allow for the the cracks to come in, so it's not so real. But that draws. Are you of, afraid like, of the dark? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's one of those favorite scenarios I would love of like, oh, these are the people that choose to stay in the the radio station as the zombie apocalypse is going on. They know it's going yeah. to, you know, they know Gosh. it's going to end bad. That reminds me going- of um, that was that was an old Charlie Brooker um show. Uh, I think it was called Dead Set. That it was, it's, it's like what you were describing. Um, it was, so it was supposed to be like, uh, a season of Big Brother. And then in the middle of the Big Brother season, a zombie apocalypse happens. And so oh, you geez. have all the Big Brother filmmaking and the Big Brother drama and them doing all of that, but also trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. God. Cool. Yeah. British television horror series created by Charlie Brooker, uh, inspired by Day of the Dead. Yeah. Yet another one. Yeah, that and yeah, and, uh, also Pontypool definitely like reminds me of that with like, where like especially like the chopper in the sky, which is really just his van on a hill <laughs> for the weather guy, or the yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Pontypool is great. Yeah. I actually I should probably start reading that. I need to finish. I need to finish reading it as well. Wars. I could only get it on. Uh, I can only get it in an ebook format on my Google phone, yeah, which I don't have it's... anymore. <laughs> oh no, shit. But yeah, like, there's different aspects of this that you can take away from, and like, I guess this will be a good transition into like how we can gamify this, because this is, it's, it's weird. If you've listened to the previous one, like, we spent a great length of time, like 30 minutes, oh, we're almost at 30 minutes here, talking about the skit, where this one we've kind of just 
generalize it and it's one that it's because it's it's because there's less like plot in the sketch it's a it's more yeah. about the the it's technique. a found footage it's yeah. a fa- yeah it's a found footage yeah. that we're kind of extolling the techniques that they're used for it yeah exactly it's more yeah so um so for gamifying it i, I feel like you could do yeah basically like maybe like uh, a game or would be like to divide the the party into two groups. One groups that's like a field agents or like a like a reporters, and the other ones are the ones in the studio and like keeping things like like monitoring everything, right? So a good example of what you're describing, and it's hard to explain, but um, on the Drunk and the Ugly, there's a clandestine playthrough, and do something like that with a tabletop game. Um, yeah, Matt, do you want to explain what clandestine is? Yeah, so clandestine is an asymmetric. Uh, it's an asymmetric espionage game um, where one person is a spy and the other person is a hacker, and they neither of them can solve the task alone. Like the the hacker gets all the information, and the spy actually has to go do the mission. Um, although I'm not sure like what information the studio has, because like that's one of the things is in in this dark night, our our helplessness comes from the studio not being able to do anything to help the field operatives. Yeah. I, I think if we make a game out of it, the actual part of the studio would have to be like, um, you would have to give them options of like, throw it through a filter or do some, you know, investigate the information using the tools at the studio to find information like, Oh, here's some random pictures. Oh man, we got a loose description or here's right, a, yeah. you, you took some dark pictures. We blew up the photograph and cr- increased the lighting. Let me make the map for you. Yeah. Uh, I w- now I wonder how, like, like how would you translate that to a tabletop game? Cause one of the things is in clandestine, like, the spy, the, the hacker is as active as the spy is and that they actually have their own game they have to play. And one of the things, like, if you did that kind of thing in a tabletop game, it would be a lot harder because it would be a lot about, like, making skill checks. So, so a side way to think about this and a system to, to look into would be AP Ava. Um, specifically because in that one, you have a player that can play the management role. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, what was, and the what management was he... role in that one was the one that actually stayed in the base and talked with the secret societies and talked with the scientists while the agents were out, while the players were out in the robots fighting things. And what would happen is you would have the players do their turns and then a, while that was a very crunch heavy focused action, you would then go to the manager and do a wider berth action. Like, maybe they would do a small one of, like, I'm going to take direct control for this turn for that character to give them an extra boost, but they have no control over their turn. Or, I'm going to, while that last action was going on, I've pulled the scientist to give some juice to this guy and pull from this other person. Sure, so we're going to move this more from, like, uh, a local TV station to something like SCP. Yes, it, you would have to. Uh, this would be a good like uh, if we're th- if we're talking about something like Delta Green would be a very interesting one because you could have a media coordinator or a media specialist staying at the office and then an actual like sp- uh, spec ops sure, special operative sure. on the field. I think also um, yeah. So you've got your guy, you've got your intelligence guy, and then you've got your actual like operatives. Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying? Oh, I was just saying. I think. I think of. Um... I've seen that, like, they, they have that, or not that option, but, like, they, you could also run that in, like, the Esoterrorist or, like, Fear Itself. Maybe not Fear Itself, but, like, Esoterrorist, the, uh, the more. Yeah, because like, Esoterrorist is the same game. kind of thing where there's an organization yeah. that's, that's do, that's doing the X-Files stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, the, the, there's the traditional way to run this, and then, and more fitting with what this was trying to do with some new techniques and kind of this very weird way of approaching the game, you can try and put that type of gameplay. So the traditional techniques are like Call of Cthulhu, the, the ones we mentioned with the previous Dark Knight 4. So Call of Cthulhu, World of Darkness, um, Delta Green, all these type of closed-door scenario where you play either in the studio trying to survive the encounter or the men on the field trying to survive the situation. Um, yeah. You could even throw it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just because I think the difference between like the, the Dark Knight Four and this one is that um, the the child element or like the childhood element, like Dark Knight Four, we said like we we had like from Monsters and Other Childish Things or like Little Fears. This one's definitely more the 
adult side of like a scenario. It's a lot more real, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do think you can use this as a framing device for the more childish scenarios. So, like, monsters and other childish things is somebody is watching Dark Knight 5 and sends their monsters to go help, and then shit gets yeah. really bad as the monster makes the situation actually real. And then Little mm-hmm. Fears is much like we were talking about Dark Knight 4. Your fear of the situation makes it so that that situation increases and it shows up again. So, like, oh, no all my favorite PJs are being attacked by aliens, and then actual <laughs> aliens start invading. Yeah, this, is, this, this takes it to the meta level of, you're not the you're not the operatives, you're not the PJs, you're a kid at home watching this. Oh, God. I actually had a, an idea for um, uh, a meta thing like that. Because, again, like there is a town called Tweed, like, actually in Ontario, so I was like, oh yeah, you guys have to go to this town called Tweed because, like, some really weird stuff's been going on, um... And then, like, as they'd go on, they'd, they'd actually do some investigation, like, some, maybe some, uh, some, uh, information gathering, like, online and stuff. And they'd find the old YTV Dark Knight series, like, five, uh, segments, and realize that it's, 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 like, this fictional show is starting to happen in the real Tweed, Ontario. Yeah, I mean, you could also take that to the next level where the kids are watching the thing. It's like, yeah, we've heard this thing about strange lights in the sky over Tweed, and it's like, wait, we live in like, Tweed. What? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. For sure. And then, like, they go out there and, like, uh, if we're gonna do it, little fears or like a monster or like a more like kid horror thing. Like, yeah. Like their their fear of like the like brought on by like the the show they've been watching starts making it more real in the town. It's in the actual town. Yeah. Or they start experiencing it like it's happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, just let yeah. yeah, just let the do, do a little fears uh do little fears George Orwell or Orson Welles uh, nineteen eighty four. Oh, Orson Welles nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Fuck, I'm just messing everything up. <laughs> George Orwell's nineteen eighty four's Orson Welles War of the Worlds something. I don't know. But yeah, and then the, the more the more like uh, experimental game would be like we're talking about with an asynchronous of like somebody's in the studio and someone's outside. That would involve yeah. a lot more like research and work. Yeah, you could also yeah. I know um or you or you have a player that's you have a player that's in on it that is working that has some of the information and is working with the other players. Um like uh uh RPBR did an SCP game a long time ago where where Tad yeah. was uh was the commander and gave the players information on stuff. Yeah, because he was uh he was out because he was in like, China off-site. and so yeah so they had a Skype call him, uh, and they had him basically like yeah be the uh, be the guy in the other side yeah no that's that, actually I yeah I was thinking of that SCP uh, actual play that's definitely something you could use for this, and then if you want to go super out there and like go with the actual spirit without copying anything you take a Ouija board to your next <laughs> game and you make. Spooky stuff happen with the Ouija board as you make all your players play and creep them out. Because nice. remember, Hasbro made a toy that will steal your soul and give it to the devil, and yeah. sells it as a toy that will steal your soul and give it to the devil. No, it's just Some, it's a well. I guess they do now, but the Ouija board is originally just a tool for communicating with the dead. In it, in in the U.S. Patent Office, it holds a patent for that. Yep. Oh, spiritualism! You've done some great uh, things for America, and you've done some dumb things for America. Yep. I, I just like think it's like, man, some RPG, some some RPG uh, players use dice, others Ouija boards. <laughs> and like that, that I I have to put a big old asterisk and like warning. Like some people are freaked out by Ouija boards. Also, some people that that gets into the territory that we've talked about before on Ugly Talks yeah, of but- like that danger of inseparability of a game with the actual reality that happens with yeah. ARGs and stuff like that. Like, yeah. If you want to do that, you need to very clearly, like, to the point of treat it like give a safe word where if somebody's like, I don't feel comfortable and says like, I don't know, banana smoothie, you just leave. Like, let them leave, call it off, and like, just stop it. Because yeah. there's, there's certain <laughs> times things people can't handle what they think they can or they, they need a safe space in a very intense environment. God, yeah. Also talking about needing space. This just reminds me of... um. Uh, this is a little off topic, but there was an old, uh, D- there was a D&D game that was talked about on something awful, um, from a GM who was, uh, who was very big on using props. 
And one of the things he had was there was a scene where a guy was talking, was talking in a bar and like smoking a cigar and then threw the cigar in a furnace and it exploded. And at the same time, the GM, the whole game had been, had been talking, had been smoking a cigar while they were playing. And at the, and at the time that the guy was supposed to have the cigar explode, he put his cigar out in, in an ashtray, which he had filled with black powder. Um, oh, that's Jesus. fucking awesome. But he had overestimated, uh, one, how much black powder you need, and two, how black powder goes oh. off. <laughs> Oh no. So, uh, he put it, he put it out and it kind of smoldered for a second and then it went off in a, it went off in a chain fire where the black powder he had put his cigar out went out or went off, scattered the rest of the black powder out of the ashtray, which then exploded. Oh no. Oh no. He made a, he he made a cluster, a cloud burst on accident? Yeah, it was, well, because the thing is, like, when black powder doesn't have anything contained, it goes off a lot slower. Oh, yeah, fair. Um, and then he was trying to run the game, but, like, the other thing he didn't think about was black powder makes a lot of smoke. Yep, that's why they make smokeless powder now. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, he was trying to, like, run the game after that, and all the players are, like, leaving because this entire living room is filled with smoke and the smoke alarms going off. Uh, that would have been really good though otherwise yeah that would have been orchestrated better if he had if he had yeah. tested any of that before yep. just trying it raw christ um that also kind of reminds me of that uh call of cthulhu no delta green game uh convergence where the guy who designed it like got a recording and then like through some audio software uh, like inverted it, tweaked it, revert, like changed the pitches and stuff like that. Um, like it was a message that, and then it like, and then he altered it to make it sound like super alien and stuff. Um, and then gave it to the characters or the, the give it to, nice. it to the players. And it was, um, and they had to like actually like decode it and figure out like how to, uh, and they reversed it and like they got an even creepier message. Like the message was even, it was, it was audible. You could hear what it was saying, but because it was still distorted because they were just, reworking what he had reworked um it came out like super alien like talking english kind of thing right oh it's like that justin bieber song that skrillex helped make i yeah i guess so (laughs) yes i mean if you've heard it like the part that sounds like a flute is actually bieber saying something that's been just (laughs) chopped up and messed up so much you can't recognize it as human sound that's amazing until he like goes back and like here's what I did it's like I love you and then like by then it's like <laughs> so nice. like it, yeah that uh what, what we're saying is props are amazing and finding yeah. a prop that can accentuate your game is really useful yeah I mean even yeah. in those old um what was it in the old uh Polybius games I had those uh the of the cards I had the, the, the cards for the amusement park that were for free games and I added, I remember I, I just, yeah, I just gave players those and I kept making them like more and more messed up as they went on. Nice. No, uh, and if, if you do play online with a group, one of the ways that you can do this is the glory of chatting. Um, yeah. Now, again, this will, uh, my, my example, unfortunately, is one of those of like, be careful because you can mess with people, but like, I would send messages to certain players for one of my games of their, uh, the monster that they were trying to hunt, just mess with them and telling them to do something. <laughs> some people enjoyed it, some people didn't. Some people got really spooked and started making super bad decisions. Um, as it was, it was, it, it, they, they eventually said at the time, at the end of it, they misconstrued it was me messing with them instead of me trying to be the, the, uh, the monster. But yeah. I wasn't sure they were going to answer an anonymous, <laughs> oh, yeah, an anonymous that was, um, yeah. message from somebody. That was um yeah. that was one thing I tried to do in one game but nobody bit was um I kept trying to make the players turn against each other so I kept sending the players individually a message that says all right that's your cue and then when they said what I'm like oh sorry wrong person <laughs> Nice but um yeah so I guess the thing that we're taking away from this is the meta element and yeah. trying trying to really bring in trying to really bring in some production value into the game Yeah for sure 
And certain um, and like certain types of production values don't even have to be strong. Like even writing something spooky, um, or taking something that's not spooky and something spooky and smashing it together mm-hmm. can create production values. Um, even just a very low key music in the background um, yeah. is also something to consider. Um, even if you're not, if you're a producer for like a podcast, like I know one of the games Audio both of files. these people have been on. Um, I had a, I, I did the smash up spooky with not spooky and people really enjoyed it. And, uh, oh, one so of the good. things I didn't do when I posted it online is I had a really creepy song I wanted to put in the background, but I just didn't find the time to do it. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so also, yeah, didn't that happen? Um, one of you guys, not not one of you guys, but like one of the other uh, GMs in on Drunk and the Ugly, didn't they like have like a uh, like a tape recording messages? Like it was like an audio um, file. You guys had like an audio file with like the tape recording, or was that no? That might have been you, Matt, with the um, uh, the shoot, I can't remember the game. Uh, it was done in Nemesis. And it was uh, like tapes, or was that post or pre or like during the game? Uh, I think somebody recorded those um, before the game, and then I added them in because everybody listened to them. Gotcha. Okay. Um, um, I can't. Yeah, like that would have been something to yeah. do with that. Yeah, those can work too. Um, and I guess while like, we're talking, oh. oh, uh, <laughs> while while we're talking about meta elements, like Matt, you you played a game where you the meta element you added was the fact it was a bad game on purpose. Yeah, that in, was yeah. Uh, in the, it was in that game partic- specifically. I was just trying to see how much I could get away with, and so like, the one thing that nobody really picked up on was that yeah, I made this I made this really stupid plot that didn't make any sense, and was trying to see if the players would call me out on it because the actual game was that they were brainwashed into thinking they were following this stupid game. Yeah, oh, and yeah. what what one of the things that you will learn and that is really hard as a GM is the meta element we're introducing is a very difficult concept to get across because it relies on interaction mastery and like being able to signpost what you your players letting them know like hey this is wrong do something and letting them well that was the thing I had I had a hard point where if they hadn't guessed it I would just tell them better homes and gardens (laughs) Yeah, that was the thing. They were trying to find all these, they were trying to find all these, these, like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. It was like by Country Living Magazine or something was the message they were decoding, and they were finding it one piece at a time. <laughs> and, like, oh, none of them questioned it. I think Josh even figured out it, the message was by Country Living Magazine. <laughs> And he's just like, God damn it! It's, and but even though he knew that, he didn't. He's like, why, this, the, why would we be finding this? This doesn't make any sense. Um. Uh, but yeah, um, that game is from a long time ago. I don't even remember that one. I I was an avid listener of you guys of, of Drunk and the Ugly. That was an old uh, Pixie game. Oh, okay. I did, I did listen to all those ones too, so. Hmm. Um, but it has been like a couple of years. Yeah, it's been. Yes, it's, it's. Yeah, it's been at least three years since those gum, since those games. Yeah. Um, no, it, it is an interesting thing to think about and muse as a GM and a designer about how easy your players will destroy your plot, yet when you give them a thing to break, they will almost never touch it. It's like yeah. the paradox of choice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I think any game master out there is very much aware of that. <laughs> so, um, you know, as, if you want to comment on this with, like, you figured out a way to get people to do that, tell me, I'll write a paper about you and get you famous in academia or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it in the comments comment section below where this gets posted. Whether it be on Kiwi 6 Facebook game. <laughs> I'll get to that later. <laughs> um... But yeah, aside from uh, the again like the gaming scenario um, for creep pasta stuff, this kind of also does feel like like we're you're bringing it up earlier about like uh, safe spaces and like how there's some uh, those, like doing that kind of stuff like making it seem real can sometimes. Um, you want to the invade the safe or, space, yeah? Like, the readers, yeah, um, or like people can't differentiate between real and unreal, uh, and that's certainly the case with creep pastas in terms of like I found with ritual pastas is sometimes um, like things go too far. Uh, 
Slenderman is kind of a the uh, a situ uh, like a spot for um, that. Uh, what was it? Uh, the blue the, whale. The, is the, no, I'm, I'm that's trying. That's one I heard about. It was uh, the 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 other video hijacking um, ARG that happened. Um, that had a ritual pasta in it that actually, if you had anxiety problems, you sh- it would like give you an anxiety attack, like trying to do oh, it. God, jeez. But yeah, um, and that was like, um, yeah, the Wyoming video incident. Oh yeah, I re- I remember the the creep pasta for that. I don't know if we've done that on the show actually, because was it like a full ARG then? Uh, it tried to be, um, and then it uh kind of. It never really fleshed out. Like they never did anything with it. Nightmind has a whole like hour long segment where at the end of it, it's just like, I've been trying to put a plot together and they're really, there's no thread. There's just lore. There's just thousands of pages of lore. I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Like there's nothing here for me to interact with. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that is like, again, like ritual pastas or like pastas that are, or creep pastas that are done like full, like, like done up like an ARG. Actually, even Ben Drown apparently it was an ARG, uh, element to it. Yeah. Um, uh, much later on. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So like you, again, these, this, this show, this Dark Knight five is definitely a good, would be a good seed for like pastas of that kind um or like again also lending itself to like the first hand accounts which a lot of creep pastas end up doing um like telling an account that has happened like yeah the gothic the gothic horror style yeah yeah um uh actually yeah we did one uh during um uh spring for called the michigan dogman which was an edit as far as we can tell it's like an editorial essay-esque style creepypasta where they dig up a bunch of information about the Michigan Dogman song and the phenomena that rolled around about it because it was a song that was aired uh, for April Fools by the radio station's like host he he made up the song um and and aired it on April Fools saying that it's like the uh, like the legend of the Michigan Dogman and peop people started like sending in calls by the droves telling their accounts of the Michigan Dogman oh ha nice yeah, and it like blew up. Like it, it actually gave them some notoriety, and uh, to the point where, like, on the ten year anniversary, they actually redid the sh- redid the song because they didn't have the original master uh, masters, um, and like had like a small like local uh, like distribution of like re- of like records and stuff for it. Um, but yeah, this guy did like took that and then took some video files of like of the Michigan Dogman or like some Dogman stuff. Um, uh, online uh, again, like another guy, like in the in the early two thousands, did uh, posted a bunch of like posted on YouTube some uh, videos he did with Super Eight footage of a guy in a ghillie suit and a, and a wolf mask, um, lumbering toward the cameraman, like this hick guy from like Michigan or something like that, and uh, it became the Gable Films uh, is what they're called on YouTube, and then he also added in a bunch of he's um on top of those two documented uh, materials of evidence I do in quotes. Of the Michigan Dogman, um, he also has a bunch of uh, reports that has he has supposedly got, um, been given by people who have seen the Michigan Dogman, and has like laid them out for like ev- as evidence or documented material for the creature. Um, but it, yeah, again, like that kind of it, it feels very much like similar to this uh, Dark Knight Five in that it was like a found footage or like firsthand or kind of like this is kind this is this is set in more in the real world kind of thing than. Yeah, I'll have to work. check that out. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I think we I think that took about two hours to episode, but um, yeah, no, I, I I highly recommend the Michigan Dogman as a um, uh, a story to read because it's done up like document editorial style. So, right, right, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, I guess do we have anything else to add on the Dark Knight Five while we're still here? Yeah, um, I don't think so. Um, we've basically touched on everything. Um, I guess maybe one last suggestion on, like, if you want to run a game or write a story about it. Um, yeah. Find a spooky, spooky, and I use that to short uh, as a short descriptor of anything um, that is horrific or something, and use that as a basis for your story. Um, so, like, go find some weird um, news articles 
from yeah. you or surrounding towns where you live mm-hmm. um, and Local, use that as a basis. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to have a preset and some details that you can find. Um, another, uh, and a lot of this kind of, I'm going to say ritualistic storytelling of taking an actual thing and making it um, a horrific or a game and uh, turning it into folklore. Um, if you're interested in how that kind of... I'm, I'm going to plug a book that I really enjoy because I bought it and it's super cool and I'll probably bring it oh, to This is on the origin of ghost uh, stories. Ghostlands. Ooh, yeah. I think you guys mentioned that uh, I plugged it on uh, Ugly Talk. Yeah, when we were talking about the... Like, uh, yes, because I lost all my notes on it, so I bought the book so I can actually physically write my notes in the book this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, check that out at your local library. It does a good job of explaining kind of how ghost stories spawned in America, and it can provide some good details on how to make a ghost story out of events in your life. Yeah, because that's how most of like the... What is it? Winchester House. That was them making a ghost story to discredit the... Winchester woman. Yeah, because she was a rich woman, but but was also... Oh, yeah, so, like... Yeah. I think you guys... So, like, uh, Sarah Winchester, everyone knows, lives in a spooky house because she was crazy and wanted to talk to ghosts, but the actual story of it is, like, she was a pioneer in architectural studies and one of the first women and was not well respected because women weren't allowed to be architects. She was also independently wealthy, and uh, so the, the constant building was an attempt to, one, do some architectural theory and experimentation, but at the same time, this was during one of the recessions, so she was single-handedly keeping the construction companies in her city afloat. But also, yeah. because she was rich during a time of recession, people started bad-mouthing her, dragging her through the mud, and that's where the idea that she was a spirit-obsessed nut job. Yeah, that she made she made a crazy house to, to defend herself from ghosts. Which yeah. has stuck around for forever. They made a movie uh, about it. Oh god. Yeah, they, they, kill a, they kill a ghost with a gun. Spoilers. Oh god. <laughs> uh is it at least salt rounds? No, I think it's just literally they take a gun off bullet. a shelf and shoot it with a bullet. Oh god. <laughs> That but is, yes, that's an example okay. from the story yeah. of like how an actual story can be adapted and manipulated into a long-running ghost story, and like it, yeah. it's got several different ways of viewing it, and several several different schema of showing how you can take a story, you can use some local folklore, some local hyperbole, uh, hyperbole, um, and local aspects to craft a spooky story that will. We be might be able to become an urban legend for the rest of time. Yeah, or a creepy pasta on the internet, or a creepy pasta <laughs> on the internet. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I, again, I think that's going to one of our going to what's probably now a much older pasta. Uh, I think that's. I really think that's what slime beast used for extra ketchup. Yeah. Basically, yeah. It just took that idea, that aspect, and then made that made extra ketchup out of it. <laughs> Just took just took a story about going to a shitty restaurant and made it into a pasta. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think if there's nothing else to be said about Dark Knight 5, um, I guess we will end that this episode. Um, so, uh, yeah, do you guys have um, – uh, what do you guys have for your uh, – what are you guys doing? Um, yeah, we're doing. We do a podcast, Luckily Talk. It's theyknowthings.com. We do it's a monthly discussion podcast. Talk about writing concepts and gaming and different stuff every month. It's me and Travis, and sometimes a guest. Um, and then also the Drunk and the Ugly APs. We got hundreds of them. We got over six hundred fifty of them right now. Somebody stop us! Seven years strong. <laughs> seven, seven, seven years strong. That good twenty eleven AP podcast vintage. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's drunkenugly.com. Uh, I do, I stream video games. I'm going to be probably, uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in October. Probably, probably speed runs and fighting games. Uh, orbitalbeef.com, uh, or spacecow2455 on Twitch. Uh, give me a sub, give me some bits, give me some money so I can buy some beer. <laughs> um, I do research. I'm trying to get into academia for PhD for media studies, focusing on game design and interactive narratives. Um, 
I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash tgasky3. That's where I do some experiments. I usually play test with these guys here or Patreons as I get them. Um, I also use that as a means of funding my travel to conferences and conventions. Uh, I prob around October, I might actually do a just solo uh, thing on Ghost Story since I will start reading that again. Um, But between now and then, I'm going to be at Gen Con talking about cosmic horror um, in the most mundane ways that you don't realize. So, like, Star Wars is cosmic horror. Kingdom Hearts is horror, cosmic horror. Um, you can check that out probably on my Patreon. And then if you just want to hear my crazy tweets and retweets about dogs, I'm on Twitter as Wandering Scholar or at Juju underscore Munster. Um, so those are two places you can find me. Awesome. Um, and yeah, you can check out um, uh, Al Dente Rigor Mortis. Um, basically, you can comment uh, comment, uh, comment wherever you uh, wherever this gets posted, whether it be on Kiwi Six, Facebook, YouTube, Tumblr, Grinder. Uh, we're on what? Hot spooky what? singles in your area. Oh God damn! <laughs> spooky boogies. <laughs> um, you can also check out the uh, uh, us on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and review. Every little bit helps. Um, you can, uh, leave us emails at aldente rigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com. Where you can leave us suggestions for creepasses or creepasta-esque things, uh, that might get, uh, put on the show, uh, in one form or another. Um, the main show is mainly creepastas, but we do side shows actually on our Patreon and occasionally on uh, our YouTube channel, which is also Aldente Rigamortis, uh, where you can check out the ti- the videos of each episode. Uh, basically, the title cards blended with the audio, and uh, the title cards themselves can be checked out at crazonstudios.tumblr.com. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can go to Patreon, um, look up Aldente Rigamortis, uh, select the backer tier you'd like to support us at. We have extra episodes like the uh, majority of the Al Dente Real Talks, which are our video discussion episodes, um, but also uh, early access to episodes and um, special episodes by my other co-hosts. And um, yeah, you, uh, if uh, you are already a patron of Al Dente, thank you. You're keeping the hosting bills at bay, and we very much appreciate that. Uh, and so until... Next time, uh, I have been your host, Review Cultist. I'm Matt. I'm Travis. Credits. Credits.